Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. This is the second big fight preview of the week. The rematch between Mauricio Lara and Lee Wood in Manchester. What a hell of a fight we're going to get in this second fight between the two of them. Really excited for this. Johnston, you're with me as always for this big fight preview. We can't wait for this particular fight. And we said in our other episode, the Lawrence Acoli CBS Big Fight Preview, we're going to be channel hopping this weekend because we've got two relatively big fights that we really want to watch and you know in the wisdom of of the promoters they decide for whatever reason to to clash and we've got two big fights on the same night in two places in the uk oh they don't make it easy for us do they they don't no it's, it's quite frustrating uh but do you know what um hopefully they it works out so we get to see the timings work out in terms of uh one's a bit later than the other um so yeah, I mean, look, this is Mauricio Lara and, and Lee Wood. The first fight, what, it was an excellent fight, wasn't it? It really was a good fight. It was uh, it was very interesting. I felt that Lara was going to win it by stoppage, but I was quite surprised at how well Wood fought that night. I thought he fought very well when I had him up on the scorecards before that. Absolutely superb left hook that floored him. Um, just, it was such a beautiful shot. In that first fight, you know, Lara did at times look a bit tired because of a body shot he had, he got caught with in there. He looked to be a bit reserved, come off his stall a bit late as well, one on a rounds, and then he sort of manoeuvred himself round. And then as as uh, Wood sort of threw his left hook, he just dropped that right hand ever so slightly. It was just that that sort of a, a split second, if you like, and and Lara threw everything at it, caught him bang on the chin but I suppose the reason why they're doing this rematch is probably because Ben Davison threw in the towel I mean did he 
should he have allowed Wood to carry on for another 10 seconds or whatever was left in that round? And what would have happened? Well, I suppose the rematch would explain that because uh, we didn't get to see it. And this is probably why the rematch is happening. Of course, there'll have been the rematch clause. There's rematch clauses in pretty much every title fight now. So, you know, that was always going to be there. But because of, I think, the way it ended, like you said, there was a lot of grievances around it. I mean, we we, we obviously give our thoughts uh, around that. And, 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 I, and personally, I didn't... I thought it was the right decision at the time. I do still think it's the right decision because, you know, it was a hell of a hook that put him down. And... If you look at some of the videos that came out after it, he really was glazed over for for yeah. for, for quite. A, I'd probably say about thirty seconds to a minute afterwards. And I think if you would have let the fight continue, I think he would have got stopped. Mauricio Lara is a finisher; he would have finished that fight. And then if he would have done that, and he would have done it in that fashion, would the rematch clause have been exercised? That is the question. Would would he have done that? Would would have felt like he needed to exercise that rematch clause? I'm not so sure, and and that's all, only something that they could answer. But I think if he would have been emphatically finished rather than the towel coming in to protect the fighter, I think that's maybe where we wouldn't have seen this fight happen. And I think because the towel came in, I think that's left a little bit of doubt maybe within the minds of people around Lee Wood that Lee Wood could have got up and could have survived it because he has done before. You know, you think of the Conlon fight, that was early on, and you think to yourself, well, he's got these good powers of recovery. Could he have recovered? I think he was tiring at this point of the fight anyway when he got stopped. He, he, you know, the, the lapse in concentration, the lapse, the drop of the hand, which caused the left hook to come in. Mauricio Lara saw his opportunity. Up until that point, of course, Lee Wood was doing great. Lee, For me, Lee Wood was doing great. He was winning the fight on all three cards as well. So you look at it like that, you can understand why the different variables within that first fight has caused this rematch to happen immediately. And fair play to Lee taking it, to going back in there and, and taking the opportunity to do it. Fair play to Mauricio for coming back again to the UK, coming to Manchester to to take the fight. You know, he could have been a right awkward sod and said, no, I don't want the fight to happen again in England. You know, he could have made it difficult. But clearly there was enough there and enough money within this fight that Mauricio said, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to defend my title here. He's come to Leeds and he's beat Josh Warrington. He's come to Nottingham and he's beat Lee Wood and he's going to try and do it again in Manchester. So fair play to Mauricio for, for doing what he's done. I wasn't happy with the way he spat at Josh Warrington after that, that fight against Lee Wood though. I thought that was a bit um, a bit disgusting, a bit of a, a, bit of a, a, bit of a disgusting act, weren't it? But I, apparently that was because apparently Josh Warrington said some really derogatory things about Mauricio's family. Still though, you don't grass at someone, do you? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it wasn't, wasn't good actions. But let's talk about the rematch then let's talk about how this now could play out what has lee wood got to do johnston what has he got to adjust in this fight or does he need to adjust anything in this fight to be able to go in there and recapture the wba title well the first point is you know the, the fact he was cut in the first round didn't help him uh, because literally the, the blood was coming into his eye in the second round a really bad round in the second round and i think he was sort of still trying not to think about the cut and it sort of affected his his style and his game plan and I think he did eventually when that cut sort of did calm down and it sort of went round the eye as it dripped round the eye he, he found himself getting more confident and he was boxing smart and very well so you know don't get cut early and, and we know with Lara he does go over the head you know it was, it was inevitable him and Warren are going to get cut and smash heads because that's just how they do they really go low with their heads uh, but Wood, look, his right hand was very successful that night. 
and he will need to land that again. He was landing it on numerous occasions. And he he landed it to the head, he landed it to the body. And he would he needs to move out of range quicker when he does it. Or not necessarily step back, but step to the side and then throw a left and then go back to his jab. Because when he was working behind a jab, he was working well. And as I say, that right hand, it hurt Lara on several occasions. What he did do was admire it a bit too long and then allow to be in the space for too long and then allow Lara to come back at him. So he needs to mix it up, that right hand to the head, right hand to the body. He hurt Lara to the body, as I sort of said in their first fight. And you could see even Lara give him a little nod of approval. And it really did sort of, it made him have to regroup. So if he can follow those those up, with those with those right hands, even the left hook at Tarzi landed, but when he's mixed it to the body, Lara weren't sure where it was coming from. He needs to be a bit more smart and move out of danger quicker because one thing Lara has is although he hasn't got the size, he hasn't got the jab, he's got that amazing ability to be able to launch himself forward from from quite a distance and land with it. He literally can the power that guy's got is is, is you know it's un, unmistakable and and the left hook, the short left hook from Lara. I mean, there's no more evidence needed than that beautiful left hook. That flawed Wood that effectively ended the fight. He was landing them before early and Wood took him well. And as you rightly said, Sean, is when Lara gets you in trouble, he's the type of guy that will finish the job. He doesn't hesitate. He'll get the job done. So Wood, but there, there were times, especially there was, I can't remember what round it was. It might have been around the fifth round. I thought Lee Wood literally outboxed him and made... Lara missed with them big swooping lefts just by ducking under the left hand. If he can produce anything like he did in those sort of four or five rounds where he was boxing smart, he was switching from side to side, switching the angles, the levels of his right hand, and maybe try and follow it up because he pushed Lara back, he hurt him. So if he can, when he, when he sees he's hurt, attack that. But Lara is a very dangerous guy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. His record suggests it. You see it with Warrington, and you see it with Wood in the first fight. If he can, if even if he's in trouble, he still can hurt you. And any time of the fight, so you've just he's got to be savvy throughout. And um, yeah, it's a tough one for for Wood, especially coming back from that defeat. It was a heavy defeat. Okay, you can turn around and say, oh, I want, I could have carried on. You know, your reputation of Lara being a big puncher probably the reason why Davison threw the towel in so quickly. So, you know, if that happens again, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Maybe he's had a word with, with Davison and sort of said, look, don't do that again. Um, so we'll see, Sean. I, I honestly think that Lee would just has to fight smart. And can he stop Lara? I don't think he can. I know he hurt him a few times. So he needs to pressure that. But he needs to be careful with anything coming back. I can't see anything other than a Lara win. I can totally understand the logic behind that. And I look at the first fight and I go back to that first fight. And I think, like you said, Lee was boxing very smartly and he was picking his punches really well at times and it looked like you know look at Lara you look like Lara was fading really up early on and I couldn't believe it I was like oh my god he's Lara's just fading and fading away and then all of a sudden the dangerous fighter that he is and he pops that shot off and it's just an equalizer and that is that is the difficulty you have fighting someone like him is he is dangerous from the opening bell to the very last bell at the end of the 12th round. He is dangerous no matter which round you are in. And that is the problem. The lapse of concentration. Obviously, he had the cut. It was adversity. He overcame that adversity. And he started to settle into the fight really well, Lee. And then that just one moment. And that's all it takes. One split second moment. Lapse of concentration. And you are on the deck. 
and that's what happened. And that's what happened in my eyes. He took his he took his concentration levels down. He wasn't fully focusing. I don't know what it was in his mind and, and why he dropped his hand at that moment, but he did. And here we are. We're in the rematch. He's going to want to get that WBA title back. And, you know, we, we looked at him last year and thought, you know, he's one of the best fighters in Britain this year because of what he's achieved in the sport, the way he beat Michael Conlon, the way he beat Kanzu, you know, all these fights that he had where people didn't think he was going to get to this level a couple of years before. And he is at that level. And he was outboxing Mauricio Lara. So for me, if he boxes smart, like you've already said, he boxes smart, he doesn't lose concentration, hopefully no cuts occur and that adversity doesn't happen, then I think he could box his way to a to a decision. I really do think he could box his way to a decision. But my issue is like yours, Bolara is dangerous from start to finish. All it takes is that one split second moment and if, if Lee drops his hands again for any reason, he's going to get caught. And if he gets caught, he's going to get hurt. And we've seen it in that first fight. And this is why I worry for him in the second fight. That I think now Mauricio's had the opportunity in that first fight. He'll come back and I think he'll be a better fighter in this second fight. I really do. I think he will be uh, a smarter fighter in the second fight. And that's not something you expect out of Mauricio because he's just got this rugged style. You know, he comes at you with his head. He comes on the inside. He, he's very, He's very raw in what he does sometimes. And I think he's going to try and use that to his advantage very early on. And I think he's going to try and throw the kitchen sink at Lee Wood early on because I think he's going to try and get him out of there early. That's what I think with Mauricio Lara. I think he's going to have the confidence now to think, well, his corner stopped it last time. I've hurt him. I've put him on the canvas. I know I can hurt him. I'm going to go at him early. What What's he going to expect? I think we could possibly see a firefight early in this fight. I really do. And I think it's going to be excited. I think it's going to be an up and down moment for both of these fighters potentially. And I think I, I, I do see a stoppage in the fight. I think I'm going to go with Lara like you, Johnston. I think Lara's going to win this. I think he might even win this early on. Listen, I want Lee to win. You know, I'm not going to make any bones about that. As a British fight fan, I want Lee Wood to recapture that title. Of course I do. But I cannot help but appreciate the ruggedness and rawness of what Mauricio Lara can do and how good of a finisher he is. And my head says to me that Mauricio Lara will win this fight and possibly win it in quicker fashion than he did in the first fight. That's what I see it happening. Yeah, Lara's so effective. I can I can I can see he's and and the thing is with Wood is he he sort of threw that left hook at the same time as Lara and ease was slower and while throwing that left, that's where that right hand sort of come away. So he needs to almost not it's not like don't throw the left hand but he's got to be a bit more cautious of what's coming back because Lara now has seen that he's exploited that before he'll be looking for that again as soon as he throws that left hook there's an opening for me and I'm going to land it and I'm going to take him out so it's dangerous and I think you're right I mean that second round I, I worried for Wood with the cut and then all of a sudden Lara sort of pounded him and he was in trouble I thought Lara was going to stop him in the second but then he gained he, he earned his respect in the third round. So that's what Wood needs to then do again. So I think it could be right. It could be a firefight. And, but the one thing is Lara doesn't, you know, if you can get him past sort of into the eighth round, if, if possible, if you can do that, then um, he, I think he's only ever fought, gone 10 rounds once in his career. So if he could push him into those championship rounds from sort of round nine all the way to round 12, then it's in Wood's favour. But, you know, the power doesn't really leave you. So, if he could do that, he could tie him out. But it's just getting him to that point. And 
you know, for a guy like Lara, he's so dangerous. And as you say, I mean, he is very rough and rugged, but he's effective in what he does. And he's a great to watch because you know it's going to come. And, and as you know, when he hurts you, he's going to want to put it on you. So, and one thing, Wood's got to keep that intensity, Sean. You know, he's very, he's, he's, he's a very fit lad. So he needs to keep that high pressure, that high speed, the intensity of that fight. It was, it, it, it I think that's what affected Lara. The fact that the pace of the fight. So if you can maintain that as well, it's a lot to ask, though, isn't it? So I think you're right. I think probably five, six, yeah, or maybe a round earlier, and I think Lara gets rid of him. Well, it's not the only featherweight fight this weekend. We have also got a third fight coming up this weekend. When I talked about channel hopping a bit earlier, you're going to be channel hopping three times possibly this weekend. Although it is on BT Sport, it is happening at the SSE Arena in Belfast, and it's Luis Alberto Lopez versus Michael Condon, the IBF featherweight championship on the line. This is the same Lopez that came in and beat Josh Warrington via a majority decision in December last year. It was a bit of a shocker, Luis Alberto Lopez. Again, a relatively unknown fire. We thought Josh Warrington was going to win that fight. And Lopez, he, he, he did well, and he, he outboxed Warrington for the most part of that fight, and he got a majority decision. Now, Conlon gets his opportunity at a world title again, and he fights Luis Alberto Lopez. Is this a fight for Conlon, really, when you look at his, his history and maybe his, his lack of punching power? Do you think his style could beat someone like a Luis Alberto Lopez? Because I know Warrington's couldn't, and Warrington's got a different style. He's, he's a little bit more, he's a little bit more compact in what he does in the ring, and he, he's very much sort of pressure fighter. Whereas I think Conlon likes to pick his punches, can be a counter puncher, doesn't need to be aggressive in the fight. It's this is an also a really good fight in in the same division as Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara on the same night, and I'm I'm very excited to sort of see how this one plays out because it does then potentially line up a future fight. You know, we've, we've you've got Warrington still wanting a fight. He's going to want a shot again at the title. Or you've got the winner of Wood versus Lara facing potentially Lopez versus Conlon. So it is another exciting fight. What are you making of this one, Johnston? Yeah, um, Lopez, I, I, you know, he, he stands up tall. He's got good power. He's quick and he throws punches from different angles. He's very awkward with his angles as well. So his unpredictability probably is what takes his opponents by surprise. And that's what's made him successful. And that's why he went and beat Warrington the way he did. Because Warrington is a come-forward fighter. He does come in straight lines. He wants to throw a lot of punches. But because he couldn't really hit him, he had given away half that fight before he even got into the championship rounds. But what Warrington did do was then catch him with a left hook and um, hurt him. But Lopez knew he was in front. And he managed to just see the fight out for the last couple of rounds. And and do you know what that shows? Determination and every world champion needs that. He showed that grit and determination. Lopez was hurt. So, you know, the guy is not a champion just by, you know, just given to him. He ain't won a vacant title. He's going to won a world title in Warrington's backyard like Lara done. So, against Warrington, unfortunately for Warrington, he's had to fight both these guys. And um, Lopez, obviously not as devastating puncher as what Lara is, but what he does do is he he's a bit like a Conlon. I mean, Conlon is... He's a switch hitter, he's elusive, he's a very skillful fighter, he's got blistering hand speed. You know, he's he's got superb boxing skills and he will need to box smart like he did against Wood. I mean, he put Wood down early, as you mentioned earlier in his, in his other fight and uh, eventually he come, he come a cropper because he obviously he got knocked out and out of the ring. It is a really intriguing fight, it is again. Um, I think Conlon's speed, I think 
his IQ is probably, I feel that he's probably better than Lopez. He's 31. I'd have thought he'd have been a world champion by now. And I don't think there's a better chance for Michael Conlon to win a world title than in his own backyard in Belfast with, you know, against a, a, another champion, Lopez, who, although I like him and I like the way he fights, I still feel that he's beatable. So I think, that, I don't think there's ever going to be a better opportunity for Conlon, Sean. I think the only way he does it is by doing what he's already done throughout his whole career and box the way he does, switch up the styles and, and and be more elusive than Lopez. If he can do that, then he can win this fight. It's gonna it's a really tight one. I think I think a lot of people are edging towards Lopez here. And Lopez has already done it. He's been on a way saw and done it. It's not new to him. So I just I I, I do fancy Con. I think this could be his night though. Well, I hope it is for him. I really do. I I mean there's a few people that don't like Conlon out there. I don't I don't know if it's affiliation to certain individuals within the sport, but there's not a lot of people yeah. that I can honestly say will shout out about Michael Conlon that, that really like the guy. However, I've watched his amateur career. I've watched his professional career. He's got the intelligence and he's got the skill to be a world champion. He's just not been able to get to that moment in his career yet. Lee Wood was a was a, was a hell of a fight. And obviously, like you said, he came a cropper in that 12th round through the persistence and determination of Lee Wood. But against someone who's quite unorthodox like Lopez, you know, Lopez has got a lot of knockouts on his record because he's so unorthodox and he throws punches from from really strange. Very, yeah, yeah, really re- strange, isn't it? Exactly. It's like I've never I've never seen anything like it when he fought Warrington. I was like, what, what is this guy doing? Like, at times, it's it, difficult. It, 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 it difficult to judge. I mean, how do you get a sparring partner? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he's like, you know, at times it looked like he'd been pulled out of the crowd to fight. And, and I'm, I'm not being disrespectful, but he, sometimes the way he threw shots was like, there was, there was no finesse to them. He was just sort of like, Wilder, like Wilder sometimes throws shots like that in the heavyweight division, just, just random shots from different angles. And, and that's how he's got some of his knockouts. I think someone like Conlon, though, like you said, this is the this is the opportunity, this is his moment. If he doesn't take this chance and doesn't box to a plan and box well and avoid Lopez and use his own abilities to be able to beat him, then I don't think he'll ever win a world title. This is his moment. And, and if he doesn't take it... Conlon's never going to get to that that top of that mountain. Lopez is being favoured, I think, because of how unorthodox he is, how he's able to to, to really put that pressure on. He's very much bell-to-bell like Mauricio Lara is. He will not stop. He's got an absolute engine on him. And if Conlon can keep up with him throughout the course of that fight, then fantastic. But I think Conlon's going to try and slow it down a little bit and try and pick his punches and try and fight at his pace. It's going to be an interesting fight. It's, it's interesting. I'm looking forward to this one also. I, I wonder what times all these fights are going to be on this weekend because you've got three big fights involving British fighters and Irish fighters this weekend. And, you know, it's exciting, the fact that we've got all these fights. It's just a shame that he's gonna, the timings are going to be possibly a bit clashing, really, because you've got all the great fighters fighting. I mean, the, the card in Belfast, let's just talk about some of the other fights going on this weekend. Like You've got Nick Ball fighting this weekend on the undercard of Conlon versus Lopez. You've got Paddy McCrory fighting as well. He's another fighter that I've enjoyed watching as well. You've got Pierce O'Leary. You've got Kurt Walker also fighting as well this weekend on that particular card. And if you look around at the uh, zone card with Mauricio Lara Lee Woods, you've got the return of Jack Catterall. And he's fighting Dara Foley, who, who beat 
Robbie Davis Jr., albeit obviously a broken ankle from Robbie Davis Jr. in that fight, but Foley's got this opportunity against Catrol. You've got Akib Fiaz on that card. You've got Campbell Hatton on that card. And then you've got the debut of another crawler. You've got William Crawler debuting on this particular card in Manchester as well. So there's a lot of fighters that you're going to kind of want to tune into this weekend. Um, different cards, different fighters, different individuals that we're going to be looking forward to seeing in the ring this weekend. And I'm, I'm quite excited. I'm just a bit worried that we might not be able to catch all of them at the same time. However, with the wonders of technology, I should be able to catch up with most of them. Uh, during the course of Saturday night for us. Uh, there's no other major fights happening in America this weekend. So there's nothing to report from across the pond in terms of big fights for this coming weekend. It is all about us and, and the UK and the Brits and all the, the Americans up tuning into all these cards this weekend for a change, having to watch it at 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for, for the weekend because I do think we're going to get some really good fights, potential fight of the year contenders in there and i'm calling it now this out, out, out of the fights that we've got this coming weekend there's definitely one of them that's going to be a fight of the year contender i'm, I'm absolutely i'm certain of that johnston i'm certain that there's going to be a fight and of the year contender a question for you sean who wins is it the zone is it sky or is it bt they're Ooh. all battling against each other that's a good question that is a good question it's difficult this isn't it because like you've got the zone if you subscribe to the zone you've got the platform there you've got sky which if you've got a subscription to like Virgin Media or Sky, you, then you can watch it. You're not paying any extra for it, essentially. You're already paying for it in your package, but you're not paying any extra for it. And then, of course, you've got BT Sport, which again comes as part of the Virgin or Sky package or BT alone. So I don't know. I don't know who's going to pull the most numbers in for this this weekend, if I'm being honest. I, I, I think own probably will. And the reason I think own will is because it's... It's it's more worldwide, so I think right. with with Sky and BT being obviously UK based and being on the certain platforms, the zones a worldwide platform, so you can stream that from anywhere in the world. So you're gonna get people in Mexico and South America streaming streaming the fights, including Lara and Lopez, aren't you? So I think the zone will probably win the numbers game this coming weekend. But it's it's exciting, it's competitive. It's not the greatest for us as fans because now we've got to do a lot of channel hopping and, and to try and catch up on a lot of these undercard fights if you want to see them. They're all going to be on at similar times, a lot of these undercard fights. So you're going to have to flick between them or try and catch them on YouTube. So it's, it's, it's hard. But I'm not complaining because I'm excited that we've got a lot of boxing coming this weekend after just having another big weekend the weekend before with the likes of Haney Lomachenko and Taylor Cameron. This next weekend is even even great because we've just got another back-to-back weekend of fantastic fights to look forward to. So I'm really not complaining at all. We've got some really good shows. And what we're going to do is we are going to do a big fight reaction show, which is going to cover all the fights from this weekend that we're covering, but also last weekend's fights as well. Because I'm away, because it's the kids' half term, so I'm not able to do a reaction show to, to, to everything as we normally would do, so we're going to do one big reaction show next week when I return from my little bit of leave. So please do tune into the reaction show. We're going to give our thoughts on Taylor Cameron, our thoughts on Haney Lamachenko, and of course our thoughts from all of these fights this weekend also. So please do tune into that. And the final thing to talk about in terms of content going out across our network is the bonus episodes for career profiles ahead of our new season. So we have the Muhammad Ali career profile in two parts. 
1942 to 1964 and 1964 to 2016. Two separate parts going out on the 22nd of May and the 29th of May. So please, if you've not already tuned in and listened to it, please make sure you do go and listen to that because that is our a reboot of the Muhammad Ali career profile. It was our very first one a few years ago and admittedly it wasn't the same as what we do things now and we are really excited for how that will come across so if you've not subscribed to career profiles please do go and subscribe and check that out and then look forward to a brand new 10 episodes coming over 10 consecutive weeks if you've not tuned into any of our other shows you've got the darker side of boxing and you've got the legendary night series as well which will be back later this year for another season as well so please do go and check out all of the content across the network a final shout out goes to the patrons from patreon.com for subscribing and supporting us and getting all the extra content that we deliver to those guys out there please make sure that if you haven't checked us out on patreon.com forward slash btr boxing podcast you do so because we do a lot of extra content over the past couple of years we've done about 20 to 30 extra episodes that we haven't released we released one which is the best boxing movies, which you'll have seen on the feed recently. So if you liked the sound of what we did with that episode, please go and have a look at patreon.com because we do a lot of other stuff and we do our own exclusive series for the patrons, which is called Boxing Through the Decades. That's a look back at the last 120 years of the sport. So please make sure you have a, a little look. And if there's anything you can do to help us and support us, in return, you'll get ad-free access to episodes you'll get series-based content earlier you will get boxing through the decades and all the other patron only content and you'll just be supporting us in general so please do go and take a couple of minutes to have a look at that but that is it guys for this episode the big fight preview thanks for listening and we will see you next time Podcast Network.